0: Betches Media presents
1: Ha ha, laugh, funny
0: Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast
1: We don't say that, but now we said it
0: With me, Dylan Hafer oh,
1: gonna check
0: me I'm so happy you're here I know, me
1: too
0: You're the first Salt Lake City gal that we've had in a long time We had Whitney, I think, over Zoom, like season one, but we I remember yeah.
1: that. <laughs> yeah, you you me were in a very that.
0: different place then.
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is like Whitney and I, I don't even know how we got to that place, but I feel like my frustration with Whitney back then was only about her idea of what I thought about right, her. Right, right, right. It was never what I thought about her. And then it would irritate me because I'm like, <laughs> that's not what I think. That's not how I feel. I think Heather did... Uh, fucked up job (laughs) narrating me season one literally she set the tone for what people thought of me and like her statements like um she's a mean girl she's dismissive she's a bitch she's entitled she judges she all these things and that was as soon as i walked it didn't matter what i said or did that's what people thought of me instantly Mm -hmm. so yeah and i think whitney being her cousin um you know, like kind of was like loyal. I she had a very strong loyalty to Heather. And so I think that was like, okay, it's yeah, that's, this is how it is,
0: right. You know, well, okay, you could tell everyone yeah. we got right into it. But- <laughs> Welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am here today in the studio with Lisa Barlow. Hi, Lisa. Hey, how are you? I am so
1: good. I'm better now that Salt Lake City is back on my screen. Oh, my gosh. It's so crazy being back. It feels like we haven't even been gone that long because season two was so long. It was. Like six months.
0: You haven't been off our screens that long, and you guys have really it's uh, less than two years since your first premiere in 2020 and you're starting season three. You've really jumped right back into it. How are you feeling? Are you, are you exhausted? <laughs> are um, you?
1: <laughs> you know what? Just hearing you say that, I didn't even really realize like we've got three seasons in like two years. It's crazy. And we had a pandemic in the middle of it. Yeah. We're like, right. Or, yeah. T- yeah. Yeah. It's Cause crazy. Cause you were filming. So we started, um, 2019 filming, The end of 2019, all through 2020, then the pandemic hit. And then we filmed during the pandemic. It's like crazy.
0: I was just thinking this morning, because BravoCon is in a couple weeks. At BravoCon in 2019 was the first place that it was ever announced that your show was happening. It is. Andy Cohen announced it. Everybody was like... What happens in Salt Lake? I don't know about that. And then you premiered like a year later. Everybody has loved it. You've you said you feel like your franchise this season has really arrived. You're like in the big time now. Yeah. It, it's so full circle, and you're going to be at BravoCon in a couple weeks. How are I know you? It's, it's
1: it's crazy because I'm like two years ago we were announced at BravoCon, and now I'm going to BravoCon. This is our first BravoCon because of the pandemic, and it's kind of surreal. I'm really excited. Everyone's like, you're going to love it. And um, like, I feel like it's going to be great. It's like a cool way to connect with, you know, being on Housewives is kind of like being in a sorority. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's all these girls and they have their own house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we're all kind of coming together. So it's kind of cool. I'm excited to meet some people from other franchises, the fans, and just like kind of, You know, like, this is my first time doing in-person press, too, because we haven't been able to really do anything since we launched.
0: I think you're going to thrive at BravoCon. Be prepared. Everybody's going to be like, hi, Baby
1: Gorgeous, (laughs) 24-7. Henry's like, you have to come up with a new name for me because everybody uses Baby Gorgeous now. Like, he wants to be the only Baby Gorgeous (laughs) But I call him Angel Baby. I'm like, okay, Angel Baby. <laughs> okay. Hi, Angel Baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, it's
0: crazy. Speaking of Henry, I saw a flashback from like the very first episode of your show. He looks like a completely different person. Like your kids are so <laughs> much older now. We've gotten to know you and your family for a couple of years. What does it feel like being on for a third season and kind of growing into the show?
1: You know, there's so many emotions that go into it. Like, um... You know, there's. It's crazy. It's cool. Um, I realize it's like a unique opportunity, and I think being a mom and watching my kids grow up on like the show basically, like Henry, literally does look like a different person. He had. I loved his buzz cut. I miss <laughs> it. I miss it. But we were driving in the car, and he's like, "Mom, I don't even know what color hair I have. Can I grow my hair out?" So we're like, "You can grow your hair out." Like, but um, you know, it's crazy. Like watching like the like the progression of our show and how it's evolving. And when you really look at us as a cast as a whole, um, I think there's so much changing because we're getting to know each other better.
0: Mm -hmm. And this season, the five of you are the five full-time housewives this season. Mm -hmm. And it really feels like now you're in your third year. The five of you have been on since the beginning. You really are kind of growing into that like OG status. (laughs) What do you think about the fact that it is just the five of you this year? I mean, obviously, you have some other women in the mix a little bit. But Mm. does it do you feel that that it's like we are the ones who have built this?
1: You know, um, yeah, I do feel like that because we've been in it since the pilot together. And, um, you know, we're growing. So many things are changing too. But you're growing as a cast. And I think that um, we're all it takes a minute to figure it out too. Like, I think that me just being, you know, born and raised in New York, I have a different way of communicating than Heather and Whitney do growing up in Utah or Meredith in Chicago or Jen in Utah. Jen grew up in Utah as well. So there, it's just a different way of communicating too. And I think we're just figuring each other out. And I think for me, um, one, of the thing I, one of the things I figured out about myself is like, I temper myself because like, you know, growing up in New York, you're like, that's none of my business. I see it. I hear it. That's none of my business. And I have always naturally taken that approach. Like, you know, um, Whitney and I talked about it yesterday on Watch What Happens Live. And I had said, I don't care enough to judge you. She didn't take it the way it was intended because we grew up in different places and communicate differently. And I think now that we're understanding how we each communicate and what we mean by things, it's changing the dynamic.
0: Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Whitney said on Watch What Happens Live about the fact that you guys are friends now, which we'll talk about that. It's not her being a flip flopper. It's her getting to know you better and giving you a chance and kind of letting, you know, seeing how you actually are around each other. And you said, you know, you've gotten to know everyone better doing three seasons now. And we see the friendships have changed a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's I'm sure like watching it, it feels like there's a lot going on. So I'm sure being inside of it, you're like, OK, this is not where I thought it was going to go, but it's my life.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think that like with Whitney, she didn't ever really know me, you know. And I remember when we were doing the pilot, like one one of the dinners was filmed at Jen's house and Jen was literally like screaming at Whitney, get the fuck out. And I remember just looking across the table and I felt really bad for Whitney because I'm like, where's she supposed to go? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're on top of a mountain and there's like, you know, she's not going down. So right, I and think, you're
0: like wearing a microphone. There's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, you're
1: not just like, yeah. you gonna like leave. <laughs> you can't just leave. But I had DM'd Whitney mm-hmm. um, the next day and I said, hey, I didn't get to know you, but um, you know, I'd love to talk to you and get to know you. This is my cell number, like send me yours. And Winnie and I actually had like an hour-long conversation that was good. So when I started season one with her, I didn't know there was going to be that interesting dynamic. And I do believe that um, most of it stemmed from Heather's opinions of me, which was strange to me because, you know, Heather's on the show because I recommended her and had that connection to Heather. So it, it took me off guard. I was like, what's going on here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And it felt like targeted from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think doing the show I've seen this with other casts too that it's like there's what's happening in real time while you're filming and your experiences in the room and then you're doing your confessional interviews and you're being asked about all this stuff and having to remember and you know the point is to talk about it and then months later it's playing out in on the show there's social media there's lots of people in your ear and fans saying things and conspiracy theories and all of that, that it's not as simple as just like, Oh, I met this girl and I maybe we'll be friends. Let's see how we get along.
1: Exactly. You know, I've, I've always been really good. I think at, um, saying true to myself, like in my feelings. And if I said something on the show, you know, most of the time it's, um, you know, they're my feelings in the moment and I'm, it's either out of her it's out of happiness, it's out of um, something, you know, like there's an emotion evoking it. And I think that, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, when you start, when somebody's nitpicking you, and it's being pointed out, people start to fixate on it. And if it's something that you're like, that wasn't intentional, then it starts to fuel something, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: And also, it's like, having the cameras there and you know the whole process. It's like you can say something that isn't even necessarily exactly what you meant, or mm-hmm. it came out the wrong way. But then everybody's going to run with it for the next six months, oh, yeah. and then it's or, or and then forever. It's big, yeah, <laughs> and then it's turned into something that you never even really f- felt that strongly. It's just like oh, I yeah. just like made a comment, and then now we're fighting about it on Twitter a year later. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Exactly, and that's what happens a lot of times, and it's crazy. And um, you know. Um, This has been an interesting journey. I don't mind, I like it. I think it's a good one, um, but it's tough. I Mm -hmm. don't think people realize how tough
2: it is. honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with honey love.
0: I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of, if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to Overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I Do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z O L A.com. Like I said, it's the five of you this season that are, you know, the snowflake holders. Uh, do you think there's something about your group that has made it a little difficult for new women to come in and really establish themselves
1: in the group? This is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, you know what I think? I think Utah's tough because you have a lot of people there. And, you know, I talk about it this season. They'll air kiss you and stab you in the back. It's on a level I've never experienced before where um, I don't think people know how to be real friends. And I think that that's a problem. I think it makes it hard to like add anybody new in. And I think that um, if you live your life based off of perception, not reality, I mean, that's sad. And I think a lot of people do and see things for what they do and say things based on what they think people are going to think or feel about them instead of just being themselves.
0: Yeah, it's like there's a lot of maybe like judgmental energy. So you do something that feels like it's going to be looked upon positively, but then that's not something you can build or lasting.
1: Yeah, no, because you're not being authentic to yourself. And I think when um, you're living in that space, it's like hard to connect with people. And I think it's hard to become deep friends with people. You know, you'll see some things, hopefully, because you never know what's going to (laughs) make it, um, that I even like where I want real resolve with Heather, and I know what that's going to take. And I lay it out for her. And I'm like, this is what this is. And it it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the truth.
0: <laughs> In the premiere, it seemed like you and Heather were kind of getting off on a good foot this year.
1: Yeah, we do. You know, the thing with Heather and I is we um, start off on a good foot, and then I don't know where it goes sideways, but it always goes sideways.
0: But you don't feel like it's coming from you when no, it goes sideways? I don't.
1: I don't. I don't. I feel like. Um, I feel like it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I don't want to give too much away, but I think you'll kind of start to see. Right. And it's, um, I think you'll understand, you know, like um, intentions and what people do. Like, I mean, let's go back to the reunion real quick. You know, Heather sitting across from me and it was a tough reunion because Mary wasn't there. And then the hot mic moment became the focus of the reunion. And then it was like, let's all pile on Lisa. And in one part of the reunion, Heather says- um, she like something about her dad's memorial and me texting her after. And that wasn't true. Mm. And when you say things like that, and you, um, when you lie to hurt somebody, cause it felt like it was like, I'm going to pile on this too. And I'm going to say this, it, you know, it, you know, it's yeah. a problem.
0: <laughs> well, we know, we know you like to roll footage. I do
1: like to roll footage. When
0: there's something that's being brought up that wasn't captured on camera or on a hot mic it's harder to kind of fact check that or for people to mm-hmm. question it. Whereas, you know, your kind of maybe least flattering moment was right there on camera. So everybody was able to just kind of yep bring it out there.
1: They sure did. And they still they still Sign <laughs> T-shirts, mugs, coffee cups, <laughs> 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 tumblers. Yeah. And it's, I
0: mean, now we see in the next season premiere, it still is kind of one of the driving forces. And certainly like you and Meredith have... Stuff to work through and
1: (laughs) stuff to work through. You know, um, I'm normalizing garbage whore. Like, if my sister doesn't call me back in like three hours, I'm like garbage whore. If John is like late picking up me for something, I'm like garbage whore. Like, I mean, just normalizing garbage whore. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have moments like that. And that moment too was for me, because I'm going to speak for me um, and not have anyone guess. That moment was for me. I had a lot of hurt. Um, and like I was keeping it to myself. So I, um, to protect my friend and because I didn't want to be upset with my friend or have problems with my friend, but it didn't just happen overnight. Like it wasn't that moment. I, I was hurting and that dinner was the last straw. Mm -hmm. I got up and I'm like, I'm so done. I'm done. You know? And no one's really asked me like, how did you get to that point? What did, what was it that got you to that point? But it does become a huge thing in season three. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you were saying on watch what happens last night that not only it was it on the sprinter van to that trip, there was all the stuff that was happening. And a lot of the stuff that you said in that Mike moment was kind of straight out of Jen's mouth. Yeah, Hyperbolic regurgitation on the, on of the it. trip. And yeah. it's interesting that Meredith seems to be more focused on you saying it versus where you might have heard it.
1: A hundred percent. And I think too, like, look, let's look at that trip to Zions. Like I was on the van. We were laughing, having the best time. Jen had her microphone. We were like, it was a good, we were in a good space making jokes about Mm -hmm. quick, let's get out of the parking lot. (laughs) Like, And then literally from laughing to, I didn't know if Jen was kidding, screaming at me about my friendship with Mary. Um, And it's so cut up because it went on for so long that you don't get to see the whole thing. But I was defending Meredith and I was like, I've been family friends with them for a long time. I'm not choosing, I'm not choosing sides. Like, you know, and Jen knows I've never talked badly about Meredith to her and no one can say I have. The hot mic moment was a hot mic moment, but outside of that, I've never talked badly Mm -hmm. about her. And um, it was too much like with Jen, like, like, we're going to fight. And then, yeah. you know, we get down there and the tension was thick. Like, there were moments of things that were good, but a lot was said in Zion. And um, I'm not going to repeat all of it because I'm going to save a little bit of it for when we're all in a room together. Yeah. And um, meaning my cast, like, all mm-hmm. in a room together and confront it head on. But, you know, those weren't my words. And, you know, Jen had said... Um, it's not my fault your friend cheats on her husband and went into like that, and it kept dropping it so many times that it was just in my head. And like, you know, that first dinner was rough. It went on forever. It was, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next morning was even worse when Meredith got up, and then accusations were being thrown at me that weren't true. And that's when I started to get really upset because I'm like, I'm your friend. I've been here for you. I've been supporting you. I stayed up with you till five in the morning. And you are making these accusations about me. So that's like another layer added on and another layer until I got to my boiling point. I'm human. <laughs> like, I'm human. I did rant. I do rant at home, too. Yeah. Like, I'll go in my room and I'll be like, where's my fucking packages? Like, you know that what was, I mean? Like- I
0: will say, as a viewer, that was one of those trips where it's like, I would rather be anywhere else on the planet than in that house with them. Because it just you could tell that it was so just uncomfortable uncomfortable and it felt like every every individual dynamic was uncomfortable you all were kind of just like ready to have a break maybe because it was at the end of the season like it was just you could tell that it was kind of grueling to be there
1: well it was so intense like when you watch when Meredith's arriving Whitney and Heather go hide in their room Mm -hmm. you know I mean (laughs) Mary walks in and that's a totally different energy and then Uh, coupled with everything how do you go from that van ride i was like my nerves were shot to hell like by the time i got off that van i was like get me the fuck out of here and then patina having her mother earth ceremony that calmed me down a little bit i'm like okay i feel centered like i like feeling centered but it was a lot you know and there was no grace given either and i take full responsibility for what i said too like it came out of my mouth I repeated it so it's I'm responsible for it but you
0: know, we both seasons you've had these moments. Vatina at the you know the desert spiral, Kimberly the psychic oh at her my house gosh. in Vegas. It's like we got to we got to cut it out with the the energy healing. No,
1: <laughs> I think that's a personal thing, and we should practice personally. Energy. You'll see more coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if if Bravo loves anything, it's throwing like a psychic or a faith healer or something your way. Well, what
1: happens in Arizona? I was nervous for. Okay. I was literally like. I don't know if I want to have this experience Mm -hmm. with, you know, in a group setting. You'll see.
0: We see you in the premiere. You're talking about going on this trip to Arizona. And I have to imagine that when you're getting ready to start filming again, obviously, you know that the trip is going to happen. Do you have to like mentally prepare yourself for like, we're we're back in the saddle. I'm not getting along with everyone. And it's going to be whatever three days it is.
1: Yeah, there's definitely mental preparation. You know, I I feel comfortable going on those trips because I'm like, all I have to do is be myself. And if it's not liked, it's fine, but I just have to be myself. But preparing for that trip after like, um, you know, Jen's party um, for Sharif and the way, you know, Seth and Meredith were reacting to me, I'm like, okay, that's not going to be, like, that's just not going to be my person on this trip. Yeah. (laughs) So- it's you know.
0: been it's been tough watching your journey with Meredith, because obviously it seems I think you, it's safe to say you guys had sort of the most history prior yes, to filming. For sure. And mm-hmm. it just has felt like for whatever reason, you guys, you know, can't get on that good path with each other again. I've
1: tried. Yeah. I've honestly tried. I tried all season two. I was constantly trying to make you know, we're a group you like you can't. You have to work through things. You can't just be like, nope, not gonna be around them. Nope, not inviting them. You can't do that. Like there's moments for that, but then it's like, how do you move forward? How is there resolve? You have to resolve things. Like mm-hmm. in um, I mean, fourth wall stuff, like when you're on a show with people, you either have to figure out a way to move forward or you gotta figure out if this is even right for you. Right. And watching season two. I you know like I I rewatched it because I want to like improve myself meaning like what am I doing wrong like maybe I I do some things that are irritating or you know I enjoy watching to dis- like constructively f- criticize myself like oh maybe I should have listened more maybe I should have I could have been a better friend here I should have been more outspoken spoken in this situation but I really tried hard season 2 to bridge um some things with Jen and Meredith And you even hear Heather, when we're on the Zion trip, say part of the reason Jen didn't go so hard for Meredith or even harder for Meredith um, is because of Lisa Mm. and because she knows Lisa will have nothing to do with her. And I think that like when you really look at the show as a whole and like what my goal was, was to like get them back to a place like after ice fishing, I'm like, okay, good, we can move forward and it just doesn't ever stay on that track. And yeah. I felt punished for being Jen's friend, <laughs> like
0: mm-hmm.
1: the whole season.
0: Yeah, and it's going into this season. Obviously, you have the the hot mic stuff to address, mm. and I think you know that going yeah. into the season that this is going to be something you have to, you know, eat the humble pie and yeah. <laughs> and do what you need to do, but. I I imagine that watching the premiere back, it's tough knowing that even before you had had that first conversation with Meredith, that she's already bringing up stuff about you on camera.
1: Yeah, it's total retaliation. And, you know, Meredith has a law degree, so she also understands intention. So her intent is to denigrate my character, my family's character, go for my husband and, um, I mean that's not going to heal anything. <laughs> you need to go
0: to go to mediation or something.
1: <laughs> no, not interested. No, 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 not no. interested. No, and you know what? The big thing for me is I have an amazing husband, and I John and I work together, but we own things on our own too, right? And so you know, just watching that, I'm like, now when you want to come out with like, what did she say at the reunion that there was so much hate? Well. Apparently, Meredith does hate me. And I also realized that before the hot mic moment, Meredith was talking really badly about me. I could feel it. I didn't, like, know exactly Mm -hmm. what was being said. But I think she had started saying pretty nasty things about me way before, like, the finale, way before Zion. Mm -hmm. And Heather talks about it in her Housewife After Show. Yeah. (laughs) How, you know, Meredith's P.I. is, like, finding all the stuff on me. But there isn't anything. So I'm like... Good I like luck.
0: I can tell you do your research. You're like citing Heather's. After I have show. a great memory.
1: <laughs> I have a great memory except for when I'm upset. Right. John's like, when you get upset, do you remember like the things you say? Cause like I get upset and I just like, um, probably say some things that like, even like some of the things like on the show, like I'm like, Oh, that's funny. But like when it's actual situations that are uh, impacting and affecting people, you remember it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I'm just saying something dumb to myself, like, Someone in production was like, when I said, um, I want to get out of here. I'm richer than all of you or whatever. Um, I didn't remember saying that. Like one of the producers came. I was so upset and hurt. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I was like, get me the fuck out of here. I need to get home. My friends were in St. George, which isn't too far away. And they had their plane there. I was making arrangements. I was literally, get me out of here calling John. His cousins have a house in St. George. I'm like, tell Rob and Jackie I'm going to go- to their house, I can't be here anymore. I was upset, I was like hurting. I don't remember a lot of the stuff I said, I know it wasn't nice. I didn't remember saying that and I'm like, I did not say that and Sinead's like, you did. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I have a pretty good memory and I'm not a big drinker either. Even though we own a tequila brand, I'm sober most of the time too because I have responsibilities. Like being a brand owner, you don't wanna do stuff that's going to ruin your business. I'm federally regulated. like.
0: So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. In orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart, or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I'm curious. In the last year, or so you know, between you know the end of season one and now, definitely things have. There's been a lot of drama within the group. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of you know stuff in the press. Clearly, there's been a lot of attention on your show. Has there ever, as somebody who's a business owner, a mom, you know, values all that stuff, have you ever been hesitant about continuing with the show, knowing just kind of how much noise there is around it?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a concern. Because John and I own a lot of things, and um, you want to protect things. And most of all, I want to protect my family. Like, you know, I love my husband and kids more than anything. Like, that is everything to me. Like... My whole life. So when you see them being attacked. Yeah. Last night was not cool. Yeah. She can come for me all she wants. Don't attack my husband. And like going back to there, you can say whatever you want about me. Just don't talk about my husband or my kids. Yeah. You know, in such a derogatory way. That's why I would consider not doing this anymore. Our businesses are solid. We're locked up. T's crossed. Eyes dotted. We have a lot of attorneys helping us with that. And. That doesn't worry me. It's the stuff that's said about my family. Yeah. Character things.
0: Completely. Yeah. And I think that, I think even if somebody doesn't always think you're right or love, you're not their favorite person on the show. I think that's the most understandable thing that it's mm-hmm. like, this isn't ever going to come before Never.
1: those things that matter more. Never. To you. And you know, another thing I like to tell people too, is I had brands before the show. I, I don't work because of the show. I didn't, create things because I'm on a plat I have a platform mm-hmm. to like do this this is what I do I've been doing it for years um with my marketing company I've incubated brands for other celebrities that we have ownership in we do a lot of different things that nobody knows about and nobody talks about I have a successful marketing company like I'm right now I have I'm wearing multiple hats because I have Bravo but I also have my marketing company that I'm doing a lot of stuff for and that's like sundance nba all-stars the super bowl you know it's not just limited to sundance and you know john and i are always doing something so like as fun as it is to be on the show um and i love it and it's an amazing platform for like helping people and doing things i have a lot of stuff going on outside of the show too totally yeah
0: how do you feel about social media and the role that it plays, because since your show started in 2020. It's not like some of these shows that have been on forever and social media wasn't even a thing. It's always been a, a big part of kind of the experience of watching Salt Lake City. Yeah. Would, do you, how do you feel about it? How do you handle it?
1: Um, okay, so <laughs> I think for me, I just use it as my tool for like um, saying my feelings. So no one has to guess. Um, social media is a lot because I don't want to be on social media 24 seven. Like that's, I'm busy and I have so many other things going on. My kids, my husband work, um, and family, my, you know, my sisters, I come from a pretty big family. I don't want to spend all my time on social media. I have like a lot I have to do, but I understand the importance of, you know, interacting Mm -hmm. with fans of the show, fans of me and, My family, and but also a social media aspect for our businesses, too. Which you know, when you're in alcohol, you have to be really careful, like how you're promoting yourself on social media and stuff, with so many minors being on social media. And so, I just think like it's a lot, and I think when it comes to the show. I just don't want to get into fights with people. I, I'll i say what I need to say, and then I just want to be done. I don't really yeah. bash anybody. If you watch my social media, I don't really bash anybody. I never bash anybody. Actually, I'm not going to say I don't really. I never bash any. I'll answer a question. I'll say the truth, but I don't nitpick at people. I don't start saying rude things about them. That's just not me. I'm not going to start doing that now because I'm on a show.
0: hmm I think uh, I just
1: answered like 10 questions in one. Sorry, no, I'm a no, talker no, and I process as I'm talking. It's
0: interesting, though. And I think you more than a lot of other people have become sort of beloved on social media for these things that come out of your mouth on the show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the high baby gorgeous. I love that, uh, you know, all of this stuff. And I I really feel like it is very authentically Lisa Barlow when you say these things. So what is it like watching the memes and the, you know, people just kind of run with it. And it I I have to imagine looking back three years ago before the show premiered, you would be like, wait, why are people talking about like...
1: Baby Gorgeous, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so crazy what people pick up on, too. Mm-hmm. When I picked Henry up from school, um, there was a lot happening. And I literally was just like, he's my Baby Gorgeous. And I knew he had had a, like been having a rough time because his best friend and him were not like mm-hmm. hanging out and like there was an issue and it like was tormenting him. But I was like just wanting him to be happy and to feel good and like and get over this little friendship squabble. And but it's weird. Like I never would have thought people would be like, oh, baby, gorgeous. Yeah. Or like, um, you know, I when I said the Chanel necklace yeah, thing, Um <laughs> For me, it was the best way to articulate what I felt happened. Right. <laughs> i like in a relatable way where people will be like, oh, I get it. This is why she's upset.
0: <laughs> the other one, I was dying when you did when at Watch What Happens Live, they had you do the counting Lisa Barlow's
1: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. video.
0: <laughs> it's like those kind of things. It's just like if you didn't know about Housewives, you'd be so confused. You're what's like, happening. why are we
1: counting Lisa Barlow's? <laughs> Who even talks about counting sheep anymore?
0: (laughs) It's only Lisa Barlow's now.
1: (laughs) I know. It's so funny. But like when I was a kid, like, you know, like I would literally put myself to sleep going from a hundred (laughs) down because my brain's always racing. And so for me, that was a good analogy to to, to articulate how I was feeling.
0: Before we finish up, I do want to address kind of like the elephant in the room this season. I feel like with everything going on with Jen. Yeah. You said on Watch What Happens Live... That you haven't spoken to her since the plea that she did in the summer, and Whitney said the same that you guys mm-hmm. haven't talked to her. What what kind of was your mental process when you found out that she put that plea in? Was it did you feel betrayed? Like uh, cause you had watched her I did her not.
1: I did not on I didn't, the
0: show for so long yeah. kind of say this one thing mm-hmm. and then to switch up. Like what was it like finding that out?
1: Um I have a lot of different thoughts on this. So I'll I'll start with this. I was Jen's friend, um, and that means I'm Jen's friend, right? It doesn't mean I condone things she does or condone behaviors. Um, did it mean that like um, I'm not that smart and didn't like understand that if Homeland Security and the Fed show up, that that's pretty serious, and Jen's got a big fight ahead of her, right? But I was Jen's friend, and I've been very consistent, very clear from the beginning that um, with Jen's indictment, um, I would 100% support Jen. Um, but if it comes to a guilty plea, I'm gonna support the victims. However, that's not the reason I don't talk to Jen anymore. It, it has nothing to do with her p- guilty plea deal or anything like that. Mm. And I wasn't shocked that she pled guilty. Um, I wasn't not shocked that she pled guilty. I'm like, that's just Jen pleading guilty. I um, I do think it's hard to have you be on an emotional roller coaster for over a year with someone screaming and mad at every little thing and it's it really became like um all of my energy I felt like in my relationship with Jen was supporting Jen my feelings took a backseat like we we don't even talk about my feelings I don't even know if Jen knows what my feelings are like but just or you know like or how I feel on anything because our relationships were all centered around how Jen's feeling, her emotions, what she's going through. It didn't matter what any of us were going through. Mm. Does that make sense? So I think we conditioned ourselves to be like, oh, take care of Jen. Jen, you know, in Zions, give her the best room. She's having a hard time. She was so upset on the van, even though like my nerves are shot to hell. Does that that make sense? Am I making sense with this? But I think like with me, I conditioned myself to be like, oh, it's all about Jen. You know, Mm -hmm. because Jen's going through the hardest time of her life, and it is. And um, when she pled guilty, um, like I said, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't not shocked. I just, it was just what Jen's doing.
0: Yeah. You know. Now, Lisa Barlow wants yeah. the best room.
1: Come on. <laughs> you know, I'm used to the best room. So it's, but I understand when we're on a girls' trip, I'm never weird about that. I'm like I said, I'm one of six kids. Like, yeah. we all had our own bedroom though. I had a seven bedroom house growing up. But okay. like, so like we shared when we were really little and then that went away real quick. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I I don't feel like when I'm on a girls trip, I just want to have fun and be part of the group. But I hope maybe you guys, I'll get the best room.
0: I hope you guys trip. do get like a fun girls trip this season. Oh, my God. Like last year. Oh, my gosh. You had two trips and both of them were like
1: basic? the weekend from hell.
0: Yeah. No, not basic. Oh. Like
1: <laughs> stressful. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to insert that word there. No, but they're so stressful. It's have you seen any more?
0: No, I've Only, no, seen, the only seen
1: the premiere. Um, I would love a really amazing trip outside of the country. I would like to go outside of the Mountain West region of the United States. <laughs> and I'm really hopeful for somewhere like chic on the Mediterranean. But we're a winter premiering show. So I doubt we'll ever get that or I filming mean, show. Like so I don't said, ever get that.
0: Season three, you guys are, you know, moving on up in the world. So maybe maybe I'm we hoping, can get you out of the country. Honestly,
1: when I watch the premiere, like take it. Put aside everything that's mm-hmm. said that's not very kind about me or my family. It's beautiful. It's mm. well done. It's, like, beautiful. Those, I think they did a great job.
0: Those first few minutes of the episode, flashing back to your yeah. interviews from 2019. I mean, cinema.
1: Oh, it, it, just... it was amazing. <laughs> and honestly, like, all the feels I got from, like, being, like, oh, my gosh, so, like, fresh. And, like, we're on right. Bravo. And... Now, like we're three seasons in and hopefully four soon.
0: What are you, so what are you excited for this season? Obviously there's a lot of, a lot of drama, a lot of, you know, conflict and stuff. But is there anything that you're just like excited to, for everyone to see or to relive?
1: I'm like totally silent. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> there it is. I, do you know what? There were good moments. There yeah. were good moments. So like. We always manage even in chaos to have a good time. Yeah. But I'm like trying to pinpoint one particular moment. It'd probably, probably be... I'd have to say it's the things with my husband and my family. Like, I think those were the highlights of Mm the season for me. Um, You know, for me, it was like um, a lot of... You know, just the way the season started was so different with so much change, you know, Mary, Jenny. And I think like I... Put a lot of like my focus is my family right now and our businesses and I think that there's some cool stuff like as a family I'm excited to see yeah and things and as a group of as a whole I think that we always find time to have fun like there's there's some fun stuff that have Arizona's intense but there's some cool stuff too it's not all dark uh, I love that yeah <laughs> me too. Me too. Lisa, thank you so much you're so for welcome. being here.
0: This has been so fun.
1: Hopefully. I'm like so tired today that I'm like, I hope I'm not so wordy and I'm making sense. No, like, you're making okay. total
0: sense. You have your, your premiere hangover, which yes. I think is understandable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But it's good. I'm excited for the good season
0: amazing yeah. we're so excited for it we're so thank excited you. to have you here thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on instagram at BravoByBetches. and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool <laughs> mention it all is produced by dylan hafer sean kilby jorge morales picot and rebecca sous mccat Editing by Jorge Morales Pico, social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by on Instagram and Twitter.
1: batches